Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast, where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. I am Jason Talbot, and with me, of course, none other than Marcus Chinqui. Marcus, lots happened, but I gotta ask you, how the hell are you? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. And funny thing that you should. Uh, Say my name like that because <laughs> I actually was in Boston the other day. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I I, I went back. I saw the old stomping grounds, oh, forty two yeah? Western Square. How, Walked by. Uh, how does it look? Uh, the <laughs> the little convenience store is still cracking. Wow, really? Still bumping over there. Yeah. I was gonna ask about. It. They got the the new subway across the street. Still. There's still a the subway's still there. There's some other store that they're building on the next block over. So I was like, oh, this is kind of. Kind of weird to be back here. I went, yeah. walked down Boylston, saw whiskeys. Wow, I was I couldn't remember the names of any of these places yeah. until I walked by and saw them. I was oh like, oh, wow. I haven't heard that name in forever. Place that gave you uh, food poisoning? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> bad chicken tender. Oh my God. Yeah, I've been off the uh, the boneless game for a while. I'm going straight bone in wings. You bone it finally. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, oh I've, man, it took it took me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a good tender every now and then, but. I'm, I'm growing up. I'm I'm really maturing <laughs> over here. We've been waiting for you on the yeah. the bone in trail for years, and you're, I'm gonna go boneless. Yeah, on on this beautiful Sunday, uh, we're recording this uh, early early Sunday morning. I'm gonna be heading over to the local Buffalo Wild Wings probably a little later, and uh, oh, get some bone in. And I gotta tell you, when you go to B Dubs and just have a couple, like maybe a little snack size, bone in wings. You don't want to throw up after. It's actually, it's actually refreshing. I had the uh, we were, I was gonna get wings last night. Me and uh, Roger Fish, shout out. Oh, Roger. Uh, we get we gotta get him wanted, back on here. He wanted a wing night, and I remember, and I told him I was like, "Hey, uh, I was at Whiskey's, which is the first place me and him ever yeah. shared some wings. It's before I think before you Whiskey's. got there, before Max was there. Yeah. It was just me and him." And he wanted to figure out what he wanted to watch on Netflix that night. And we, <laughs> we talked about it, and then he went home. <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, it's a very Roger story. It's very rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus. So here we are. Episode 27. I'd say a lot's happened since the last time. We did a cast. I've yeah, we, we took a break. Had to refuel. Yeah, I let the dust settle. You know, I went through another phase of not wanting to be a Knicks fan, and and to be <laughs> honest, since for anyone that's been living under a rock, any Knicks fan out there who doesn't know what happened, the Knicks fired Coach Fizdale. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that we. I've not been a fan of Fizdale, but if you listen also, you know that even as disappointed as we've been with Coach Fizdale, former Coach Fizdale, now getting paid for doing nothing, Coach Fizdale, we didn't want him to get fired because that told us a number of things. Number one, it tells you Dolan is very much still involved. It tells you, too, that everyone else is on the chopping block. And number three, now you don't know where, what direction this team is going. Because that was the whole thing. We're bringing in Fizz, we're bringing in Perry, and we're playing young guys, and we're going to build this team up. And so, I haven't watched any Nick games. I know they're on this, this weird thing called a win streak, I believe it's called. <laughs> two wins. Yeah, which, we could call it a which win streak. Is, yeah, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> you know, I've watched some highlights, like the box score. You're going you're to be my go-to. I'm, I'm the Nick fan who's just... I can't even play with them on 2K, man. I can't, I can't even <laughs> set my lineup. I'm so angry. Uh, but how do you feel? How, how are you feeling? You know, we could have came on here the day after and just started screaming and yelling again like we have in the last five episodes. But we've taken some time. Let it settle. The Knicks have won two games, last two games. Not the best opponents, but still. What, what, what do you think? How, how, how is Marcus feeling? So, 
okay, I mean, like you said, we were not big fans of what Fizdale was doing. And a lot of fans, I don't think, were fans of what Fizz was doing. But I don't think firing him was necessarily the answer because if he's got, if he goes, Perry's got to go, Mills has to go, Dolan has to go. All got clean house. And you're seeing we, all the rumors coming out already about Mills is probably going to be gone. Uh, I've heard Perry would stay. That's the latest rumor I heard that it's more of Mills is on the chopping block. I would guess that, but only because, <laughs> only because. <laughs> Uh, Mills is the only other constant that's been there. He's the worst. He is the extension of James Dolan, and he'll stay and do whatever he you wants. You stink. So if he goes, whoever comes in, they got they're saying, "Oh, I got to have complete autonomy. I got to be able to do it wherever I, the way I want to do it." And you know, not to say that Phil had that ability because he didn't, but he, they told him he would. But also, Phil wasn't like a proven president gm he hadn't done it before (laughs) so you bring in a guy who has done it like say masai ujiri which is what everyone's looking at bob myers the the guy from okc uh you know people who have a track record of it and they're not going to take that job unless they know for sure they can do it them the way they want to do which which we know from history in the last 20 years that that is never going to happen no, as long think, as Dolan is the owner, they can say all these things. Oh, Dolan's in the background. He's not doing anything. And I want to hear that from you for, on this cast. That you have finally just... I need you to admit that Dolan is the puppet master of this team. And it will always be that way, no matter what he says. As long as well, he is the owner. Well, from oh. setting all this up... <laughs> What I'm going to say, I'm not going to say he's not the puppet master because he is, but the main puppet is Steve Mills. So if he's gone, then I'd be curious to see what happens because you wouldn't have a guy there that's going to take everything Dolan wants to do and put it up there. So, and again, you know, you know, Dolan's going to throw money at everybody and say, do whatever you want to do. But I, okay, okay. I will admit. Yeah. I will admit it. Thank you. Because you know, too, even if Mills is gone, and you make a good point there, that Mills has kind of been the voice of Dolan in a lot of ways, and he seems like a guy who's not qualified for his job, and really bad at his job also, but he was (laughs) kind of that pawn of Dolan that he had his guy in there, no matter what coach we had, or, you know, bringing in Perry, or whether it was Phil, like, Mills was kind of that constant, but now if you bring in another guy, as we've seen... If the Knicks, it's always okay for a certain period for the Knicks to start losing when they bring in new people. And then when it gets into about year two, three, where some big story happens or the media starts getting louder and the Knicks are getting attention for the losing, because normally no one's talking about the Knicks at all. But the way that this season was going, the Knicks were getting on ESPN quite a bit. And all the stories were bad of just how the Knicks were losing, this and that. And then, and I know Dolan's listening, and that's what it was. Boom. Fizz, you're out. Scapegoat. Oh, wait, this team was supposed to go to the playoffs. Yep. Okay. We're an embarrassment. Making Dolan look bad. He's a big baby. Let's fire Fizz. And down. see, that's that's the weird thing is, you know, Mills saying, oh, we talked to Jim, and we, you know, we, we have him convinced that this team can make a run of the playoffs, so this is a good team. I'm like, dude, like – Really? Is he listening to this? Yeah. Because Steve Mills saying all this stuff, like he sounds like an idiot. And yeah, they have more talented players than they did last year, but the team just wasn't constructed properly to, and we've said this many, many times, they don't complement each other. No. So you put Fizz kind of in a lose-lose, but you still figure a good coach would have figured it out or figured something out because the way Fizz is coaching just didn't make and, any sense to anybody. And this is what really drives me nuts, too, that maybe this would have been a little bit easier to take if someone within the organization who, who makes this decision, whether it's Dolan, which you don't expect, or Mills, uh, someone's going to come out and say, we've decided to fire Fizdale. Because it's not about the winning and losing. It's about the way he is grooming this young talent. We're spending way too much time playing 
you know, these 30 year olds and Taj Gibson. And I, I don't like the way he's developing young talent. He says that, oh, by sitting Knox and this and that, that that's a good thing. And that's going to make him grow. But actually, we need these guys on the floor and we have a, a disagreement on how we want to move forward with these young players. Something along the lines of that. But no, he was fired because the team is losing because this crap team. You have a 19 year old starting in your starting lineup. What in the history of the NBA, when is even a young team who's got a 19 year old who's one of your better players shooting like 40 percent from the free throw line? Going to take your team to the playoffs. A team that's only been there, who's won one playoff series in the last 20 years. Like, what world do these... Not... <laughs> oh, man. I'm yelling. I'm, I'm fired up. It's just... It's ridiculous. But, oh, then again, we don't know because nobody has come out and said anything. Which I think is a little crazy, too, because they're going to have a press conference talking about yeah. how they're not happy with the losing and this and that. But when they finally fire him, nobody says a thing. Right. So, and some stories I'm, I'm seeing are that <laughs> the players were put under a gag order to not say anything about what happened. Like, they were specifically told what happened, but then told they can't say anything to the media. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean by that? Like, they were told by management not to say why Fisdale was actually fired. Hmm. Which doesn't seem crazy but kind of does the way that because you don't figure runs. you figure they're never yeah. gonna they're never gonna talk like players do that stuff happens within the organization and they don't they, they don't want to make it public but from what they're saying it's like oh they were specifically told what what and why fizz got fired but they can't ever say anything about it hmm. which is weird so i don't know was fizz's wife who i i, I don't know just <laughs> Just say, I was just saying things. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Okay, so just speculating. But okay, to 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 move forward. Yes, they have won. Like we said, we have, they have won two games. They yes. were. It could have been three. They were uh, very close on Mike Miller's first game as head coach. Lost by one to a free throw by Julius Randle. Of course. But I will say, the last two games, he has looked a lot better. Julius. And, yeah. And so you thought you start to think, was Fisdale just not the right coach to use him properly? Was he just not doing it right? Yeah. Because he's still, you know, taking the ball from 25 feet out, but he's not consistently dribbling to the basket like he'll hold it but then make a quick decision on what to do which is what we were saying from the beginning it was like if you're gonna be down there be like stat man stat catches the ball he's not thinking he's just making moves and julius i think has started to do that and you can see how they're running the offense is more downhill than it is side to side you know, just passing around side of the, and no, like on the three-point line and nobody really doing anything. So you're seeing more attacking of the rim. And I'll say having Alfred Payton back that, is making a huge difference. That was going to be the question I was going to ask you because, as I said, I did not watch the full games. So I am I am the spokesperson of that fan because I know a lot mm-hmm. of Nick fans have just needed just a break on after everything. <laughs> but I have watched some highlights and looking at the numbers – and what we've said at the beginning of the season, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you was about Alfred Payton. Because when I look at the box score and just see the numbers and I look at the minutes, I it, it all points to having Alfred Payton there is probably the biggest difference. And, and give it to the Knicks. They got blown out a lot of games and things got out of hand quickly. But like the Knicks had no true point guard. And I still will say this. I like Frank. The numbers aren't great there, go uh, even looking at the last Frank. two games. But I still don't think Frank is ready to be a point guard, Was why I like him still as a two, playing with a guy, a ball handler, a guy who can facilitate. I don't think Frank's skills are there yet, and I don't know if they're ever going to get there. So to me, after I'm declaring Dennis Smith Jr. as kind of a bust already, I'm already there. You stink. But think, Alfred Payton is the only guy on the team who can – 
run an offense. And he's exactly. good at it. And he's actually a pretty good player. Um, and having yeah, him I mean, there is at least going to keep them in games. So, hey, the Warriors and the Kings are not two very good teams, especially the Warriors. But you know what they want? A win's a win. That's the thing. They won two they, games. They were losing to everybody. So You know? And they lost – in the past, they lost a lot of close games. And you yeah. see – the and granted – you're like, oh, they took overtime to beat the Warriors. But <laughs> yeah. if you look, I mean, looking at the bright side, those are two games they easily could have lost earlier on in the season. Sure. They're close games. Win, you got to get the wins. You play your schedule. Um, and they they managed to pull it out in crunch time when they needed to. And even in the Pacers game, like the Pacers are a good team. Yep. And they took them down to the wire. Of course, it came down to free throws. But yeah, I, I, that they, was they, <laughs> they stayed in there, and you knew it. You knew it. They're like, oh, my God, finally, it's a game that's going to come down to hitting free throws, and Julius Randle. It's poetic. But, you know, he's – and since then, he's been a lot better. I think the numbers are starting to trend up. I saw an interesting stat that points per game, assists per game, and, like, rebounds per game, he's averaging all better than Porzingis. Which Randall? is, yeah, all well, of his stats are higher than Kate, which is, okay. I, you know, we can take that yeah, for whatever I'll, it means. I'll tell you exactly anything, how I'm but... going to take that, uh, the same way that David Lee uh, was going to the All-Star <laughs> game as a and, and, you know, padding those stats, as they say. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, when I guess when you miss a lot of layups, you get yeah, a lot of the, rebounds. So, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's. <laughs> but, uh, but okay, take it from. But, it seeing, is. but okay. seeing the way, seeing so, the way they're playing, I yeah. think. So Frank is still getting the start a lot of times. Yeah, which I'm okay with. Dennis Smith is out. Like he was out with, uh, I think, concussion protocols. Him and Trier like bumped heads in practice or something. <laughs> so they were out for the concussion watch, and Jesus. so it's just Frank and Peyton playing and. Granted, the first, like, two games, you could see Peyton was gassed. Like, yep. he hadn't played in 17 games or something, so he was tired. Which confuses me a little bit because he still played pretty well. Dennis Smith was out for, what, like, five games? And, like, oh, we got to get his conditioning up. You got to get him back, ready to play. And he still looked bad. So, Peyton coming back, he played, like, 40 minutes coming back, playing against the Pacers. And you could see he was winded grabbing the shorts like he, he was just like ugh, yeah like it was it was it was rough out there and but he still helped us come back in that game and stay close and you could see the difference in having a point guard who knows how to set up the floor and can attack the rim and he can run the fast break like he's not afraid to take it to the hoop that's always been my issue with frank is how he runs the fast breaks yeah. and he he can't. He can't. He do, he's like he's got to say he can't. He just he's, he's nervous about attacking the basket. Yeah. R.J. Barrett loves to ch- attack the basket. And you can see they're playing. Frank still. Downhill. Frank's still not comfortable with his own body. You gotta go to the doctor, Frank. From yeah, a basketball standpoint, <laughs> personally, I don't. I don't know. Maybe he looks great. In the, I don't know. But so you can see, like, when you have guys like Peyton and Barrett that aren't afraid to attack the basket, it opens things up a little bit because they can make those drop-off passes to Julius or Portis or whoever or Morris or whoever's out there and they get an easier bucket. And I want to say another thing too. You look at the last two games on this uh, win streak against the Warriors, the two-point win, the Knicks shot 76% from free throw. Hey, that's how whoa. you win games. <laughs> and against the Kings, they only took 10 free throws as a team. It was a very uh, low free throw shooting game. They only hit six of them, but hey, don't go to the free throw line. <laughs> also can be pretty effective. That also works too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you love take to it see, out of the equation. You know, I think this is another thing where you can kind of look at the stat how you want it, but Peyton against the Kings, plus 19, led the team. And I love the minute distribution. And I see that. And this seeing that minute distribution, how it's a little more spread out. I think the the most anyone played was Randall and Barrett at 31, Morris at 30. I love that. With a team like this, you want to rotate guy it is. Knox at 18, Robinson 25, Peyton 27, Dotson 17. So 
I did not watch the game start to finish, but I can already tell that maybe the new coaching staff, like, let's get everyone playing. I don't, I don't need to play, you know. And you know who's not playing? Wayne Ellington. You stink. Been in street clothes. Thank <laughs> since God. Miller took over. Um, I was like, this is Fisdale's secret weapon that's uh, so, been riding the pine. So, so and I will say this: with looking at the box scores and looking at all this, hearing you know, following social media. Uh, hearing what some of the people have to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna start uh, watching some of these games again. I, yeah. I'm curious to see. I want to I want to really see if this new coaching staff is using these players differently and just because uh, the evidence what I'm what I'm seeing written down on paper it seems like they are. And that and you know what's making a, a difference too is Mitchell Robinson being able to stay on the on the floor. Because he always gets in foul trouble, he gets he makes you know stupid ticky tack fouls, and he he's he fouls out in twenty minutes of play. So now you say he's playing twenty eight minutes. That's great. That's huge when you can keep him on the floor, you know. So he makes like against who was it against like the the Pacers, uh, not the Pacers, the Blazers. They had you know that was a terrible game. We could factor that. We don't have to talk about that one. <laughs> Melo didn't even have to play that much, but. Which is great to see Mello back again. Yeah. I love I love seeing Mello Everybody in this NBA. Everybody loves Mello now. I like that. He and uh, so looking at those other two games, yeah, he's staying in the games. And one thing I think is going to benefit them that I don't know if many people are talking about, Mike Miller was coaching the G League team. So he knows how to work with these young guys, how to develop them. So that could be something that plays to his favor is he knows and he's probably played with a couple of them because they've gone down to the G League to play. So he's familiar with them. It's a good transition for him. So we'll, so, uh, we'll see. I'm glad you brought that up because kind of now bringing in these two topics together, I want to ask you, what do you want to see? this organization do now fizzdale has been fired i think we can both agree you might as well get get mills out of there i'm i don't really care too much about perry to be honest i'm kind of indifferent on that i'm I'm split down the middle um because i don't know do you want to bring in a whole new thing is it nice to just have a little bit someone there that i mean maybe he has a good relationship with the players i mean maybe that's a little more inside info that i don't have but other than the getting rid of Mills from a coaching standpoint, from a GM standpoint, all the rumors that are swirling. I mean, obviously we'll just assume that Dolan's not going anywhere. What do you want to see this team do moving forward? I think you got to get rid of everybody. I mean, we'll assume, like you said, we'll assume Dolan is not selling the team. So we just have to crit and bear it. But I think, yeah, Mills has been the constant. He's got to go. He brought in Perry. He's got to go, too. And, like, I have nothing, again, I, I have nothing against Perry. Like, seems like a nice guy. He's made a couple of good moves over the last 10 years with other teams. We don't know how much of a hand he actually had in those. So, I feel like Mills was making more of the decisions than he was. And you got to just bring in... A new a new squad that's gonna do it their way. But the thing the thing is that's hard is and Jeff Van Gundy said this the other day is just people get impatient so fast, yeah. and nobody's willing to just ride ride it out and see and see what happens. And that was their whole thing. It's like you know we're gonna rebuild, we're gonna develop, we're gonna do and this. Then, and yeah, a little bit of losing like this. That's what I say. Something else had to go on with Fizz. That and and I think maybe to your point, he's just not the right guy to develop these young players. But and they're not going to say I, that. But I think that's wishful thinking. I think it's J- Jim Dolan being a big baby and didn't like the losing, didn't like the negative press, people complaining about Fizdale, and he came in and feels like, oh, here we go. I hired these guys. They can't do it. I'll save the team again. Here we go. <laughs> new coach, new president, new everybody. Laughing stock of the NBA. I think it's that simple. I, with yeah, Phil, I mean, and same, that's the same thing. We, we, whether you liked Phil or you didn't like Phil, 
it didn't matter what Phil was doing. Dolan saw an opportunity to come in and fire him and be the hero. Because it was all oh, the way he treated Melo, this and that. And Jim, he just wanted to be the hero. Oh, how much do I... And how much how much money did he have to pay Phil? And now he's got to pay <laughs> Fizz? Like all these people. He doesn't care about money. He's just... He's a big baby and doesn't know what he's doing. Quack, quack, I really quack, think quack, it's quack. that simple. Mr. Ducksworth. Yeah, so... It's happened how many times? So that's, like... That's why I think you're going to lose more on coaches because and some coaches will just take it because they know they're going to get a big payday and even if they don't last more than a year and a half they're still going to end up paying them so what do they care and to be honest this is why i'm kind of thinking i don't know who you bring in you could bring in the raptors president if will come i mean at this point you got to kind of take anyone that will will take the job but i'm at this point, I'm more of the mindset of bringing in almost like no-name people or guys yeah. that don't have a big name, especially the head coach, where, you know what? Let Mike Miller coach the team for next year. There's no pressure on him. There's no – we kind of – everyone seems to be liking already the, what, the rotation, some of the players, the way they're reacting. Like you said, coming out of the G League, I don't need them bringing in Jason Kidd. I'm seeing rumors about that. I, I don't <laughs> – we're talking about Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy. Like, enough. We've had the Lenny Wilkins, the Larry Browns, the, oh, now Derek Fisher, Jeff Hornacek. Like, I, I just, enough. I don't want to bring in, oh, Fizdale, he's, he knows young guys. He's a player's coach. He's a, The players get him. Yeah, this is the guy. Like, we've gone through every personality you could possibly have. Maybe it's just time to let it organically happen and just stop trying to hire the guy that's going to fix it and give somebody a shot. I agree. hundred percent. That's uh, I was thinking about that the other day. It's just like, why not just let Mike Miller coach the team, you know, and he could be our Eddie. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Bring him up for the G league and say, Hey, have a shot. Let's see what happens. I, yeah. Know? I mean, I made a joke about, you might as well just bring in Whoopi. Why not? <laughs> she knows. Cause it's like, she okay, probably they learned got... a lot on that set. <laughs> they got ideas they know how to coach like he's coached at every level so it's like yeah just let him let him do it see what happens and maybe he makes a splash we've seen it happen with players that come out of the g league we saw Jer- lynn sanity yeah they come out you never and, know what's gonna happen what if he goes on a win streak and that's of, the thing. Uh, of a, f- a few games what if they make the playoffs who knows oh well, okay I, 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 okay no i'm just saying what if something crazy happens and they he proves that he's a good coach, you know, like they start to be competitive and they learn how to win. It's, it's easy. Like they always said, it's easy to get comfortable losing. It's hard to learn how to win, but once you figure it out, it's, you know, it changes things. And so they win a couple games. Will they get smacked by the uh, nuggets tonight? Maybe, but you know, maybe they'll be competitive and they'll still, and they'll be in the game. And, that's what you want to see and see how he's bringing along these young guys because the rotation shorter, which needed to happen. And we'll see what trade, like as of today, actually that could take us into a, a new segment. Today's the day. All those players they signed can get traded. So what move trade do they Marcus make going Marcus. forward? You hate, okay. You hate this guy. No, Let's I don't. I, here's the thing. I think I think Marcus Morris is a above average player in the NBA when it comes to talent. When you look at the average player in the NBA, I think he would be above that mark. Can't stand you. And I think he is great. We can get great value. I think the Knicks can absolutely get great value. Any team's making a playoff push would want a guy who has a one-year contract with a team option. That's great. Goes right off the books. He can be a role player, which I think he should be, for a good championship team. A guy who can get off the bench and start for you if you need to. Like the Portland Trailblazers, for instance, would be, I think, a good fit. There's a lot of teams who would be a good fit. The Lakers. Any team that is competing... I think Marcus Morris is a good player to have. So what do you think we could get for a player like him? Draft picks. 
anything. If you get anything, it's a win. It's a guy <laughs> who is not going to be with you next year unless you sign his team option, which I would still consider actually signing his team option to then trade him. But you're basically, if you trade him, you're getting something for nothing. And I think a lot of teams could use him. Hey, the Boston Celtics. I don't know. (laughs) Come back. Whatever. The Toronto Raptors. Just, I just, am I wrong? The Philadelphia 76ers. Hey, they need some depth. They want to make a run. See, and he's proven to be. He's the best shooter on the team. His, the, his he's I think the, has the high, second highest three point shooting percentage. The, the point, which is insane. Yeah, the, the best way I'd like to put it because it always sounds like I'm I'm throwing hate on Marcus Morris, and he is a good player. But when I talk about what his use can be for the Knicks, he's kind of useless. We the Knicks do not need him. The Knicks are not a playoff team. They're not going anywhere right now. We have to develop young talent. Look at me saying we. I'm part of the Knicks again. I'm all excited. <laughs> they, all, they, they bring you back. They bring they you right bring back. back. It just took a couple weeks. Uh, other teams can actually use him to go win something. I want to see Kevin Knox out there and Dotson and even Iggy, man. We want some Iggy. I want some Iggy time. Come on. And as much as... And I have a lot of, you know, Nick fan friends who even say, like, yo, Marcus Morgus is probably the Knicks' best player right now. And I'm like, you he know is. what? You're right. He <laughs> is. But that doesn't do the Knicks any good. That it, it, it goes against what the Knicks are trying to do right now. And I still also believe that I don't – maybe there's stuff in the locker room that he's doing that we don't know about, that we don't see. But I just don't think he's making anyone better on that team. I don't think – He's helping any of the young guys. I don't see it on the court. Maybe with the new coaching staff. I don't know. Who knows? Mike Miller, the savior (laughs) of the Knicks. But the value that he brings to the Knicks, I think he would be much more valuable on a competitive team. And that's it. And, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. We've been been saying that from the minute they signed him. It's like, okay, he's going to put up numbers and he's going to look good to get traded to – a team. And I mean, yeah, I wouldn't miss him if he was gone. But yeah, if he ends up on like Philly, he wants to go home to, to the Sixers. We get a we get a pick and one of their young guys. I don't know. No, maybe I don't know. They I don't know what they need. They need shooters, as far yeah. as I've seen. And he has the second highest three point shooting percentage in the NBA, which is insane. Yeah, that he's. You know he's show, and he's showing he's got game, but yeah, he's like, like you said, make use of it on a team that really needs you. So, and then you bring Knox, start starting. I'm still, I'm still a little worried about him. I don't know. Like, yeah, he's he's young. He's a young man. He, he shows and, and talk about someone who's not yet comfortable with their body. Yeah. I think that's what it is with him. Is he's 19 years old and. 19, is he 19 or 20? I think he's I think 20, he's 20 now. now. He's 20. He's but crazy. he came in just like he had the body of a much older person. Yeah. And he just like has like those kids whose feet are too big when they're like 12 and they keep, yeah. like trip on stairs and stuff. And that's probably like he's got to figure it out. And I think he's getting the right amount of minutes now. He shouldn't be thrown into the starting lineup. And that's yeah. kind of what Morris is that buffer so he doesn't have to. But I, I'd, I'd like to see some development out of him because he's got tools. He's got to you you know, shine him up a little bit and figure out how to use them. The thing, too, with the Knicks, man, like moving forward, and I think when we were talking about the future, the Knicks, we got to get lucky. You got to – the Knicks need their Luka. The Knicks need their – Giannis. Harden, their Giannis, their – they're Embiid, they're Simmons. Like, they need that guy. I said it before. KP was that guy at that point, or at least maybe slightly under that. And I think, like, RJ is kind of in that. He can be Because that. he's so good at 19. I don't know how much he's going to excel each year. Um... He kind of, I got to say, like, 
he he reminds me of Carmelo Anthony in a lot of ways of Carmelo coming into the league where he can come into the league right away and start scoring and being a good player at a very young age. But as each year goes by, I don't know how much better he's going to get and what how much he's going to improve his already good skill sets. Like his getting to the basket and bullying people, like that's just going to get better and better and better. I don't think he's ever going to become an elite defender. I don't think his three-point shot and things like that, I think, are going to improve for sure. And he'll be able to stretch the floor more. Um, but he's already so crafty around the basket and things like that. Like, those will get a little bit better each year and each year. And he'll be a good player in the NBA. Um, and in, potentially an all-star, just like Melo. But then, that's his game. It's not like a Giannis who, you know, year one, I think, what did they say? They won 19 games. Now, all of a sudden, this guy just offensively, defensively, flying everywhere. Like, oh my God. I don't even know if... I mean, after Giannis's rookie year, I don't think anyone could have guessed that he would be this dominant. Like, RJ's not going to get to that level. He's not going to be Luka level. It's it's just... I mean, Giannis is a special case. Like... Yeah. Part of that is, look at that dude's body. Like, that's just genetics that he filled sure. out the way he did. Right. And, and his height and athleticism, he had those raw tools already to just do stuff. So, and he just had to figure it all out. Let, and let's play a RJ, game here. Let's play a game right. here. Love games. RJ Barrett, I'm going to name some players in the NBA. You tell me if you think RJ has the potential to be as good as that player. Or at least as effective. Take it how you will. So, current players, like an Anthony Davis. No, the answer is no. (laughs) James Harden. I don't think he'll ever be that good of a shooter. Right. Not comparing the actual talent of what they do, but Russell Westbrook. Impact on the game. As a player, I, I could career. see a, I could see a Westbrook type of impact. Okay. On a team, yeah. Kemba Walker. It's weird. They're like they're they're all all these are very different types. I know, of players. but what my, my point I'm trying to make here, you're very messing up my game. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't set the rules very well, but my point still is that that this is what the NBA is stars who affect the game. And those are the players, the Tim Duncans of the world, the Kobe's, the Wade's, the LeBron's, the guys who are going to finals. The guys who can even get there, Eastern Conference Finals, this and that, where I just don't know if RJ is in that caliber of... Like, if he wasn't a Nick, if he's playing for a team like the Nuggets or something, is is RJ a player who's ever even going to make it to an All-Star game in his career? I don't know. I think the nickname hypes him up already a little bit more, but without that, I just don't. He's not clearly like that good, and I don't know if down the road just hit this. He moves kind of slow, and I know he's only nineteen, but I'm just the style of play that he has. Like he's not super athletic. That's the thing that I think reminds me of like Mello a little bit, where it's he's Uh, he's more athletic than Mello was. Yes, right, definitely. I mean, and also look at the athletes he today, was play- the, 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 the playing both sides of the ball, the Kawhi Leonard's of the world. Like, I don't think you could say he wasn't athletic in college because he's playing next to Zion. So that's sure. what everybody sees, but, but what, which is an unreal level what, of athleticism. <laughs> what I'm saying is, and this is very harsh, but to be successful in the NBA, and I'm talking about Knicks winning a title one day, the Knicks got to draft the next Kawhi Leonard. The Knicks got to draft the next James Harden. The Knicks don't have anybody on the team that's going to be that player. So we talk about concerns about Knox. I mean, when, when the Knicks drafted Knox, we were, like, ready to declare this kid, like, we have so many expectations because we just, we need, the Knicks need somebody who is going to be the next Giannis. Like, but that's see, the only way point, they're going to get to a finals. To your point, though, you can't, like, you said you have to get lucky because. You have to. Like you said, who would have guessed that Giannis would be what he is? And that's a guy like him and Kawhi. They were drafted who, 15. Right. Not who guessed, one or two. Who would have guessed KP was going to be as good? The Knicks fans were crying 
draft night. And the and seven, look at a guy now, like I mean, I know Luca just got hurt, but they were second in the West not too long ago. The Mavs, I think they are they still third. They dropped down to third. Uh, they might be third. Lakers and Clippers in one and two. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and we're back. We're back. And we're back. Um, they are but, third. Yeah, yeah. Clippers are. So, so two. I'm just, I'm just putting. We talk about the Knicks. We want to move forward. This and that. But I think Nick fans sometimes we live in this bubble and we don't realize how far the Knicks are from like getting to competing for a title. I mean, we just want to sniff the playoffs. But like, you you watch some of these other games. Anyone who's listening to this, go watch a Laker game. I watched the Lakers the other night. They're, just, they're a fun team to watch. They're, they're <laughs> really good. That's a really good basketball I'm, player. I'm softening like. a little on my LeBron hate because I really like Anthony Davis. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that team together. You got Dwight doing Dwight things and being weird. But, you know, Rondo, they, they're the team that I feel like if they could use – if they could use anything, it would be a Marcus Morris. Yeah, absolutely. Take them. They need. They just need a couple, um, like one or two but, other shooters. They got, yeah. but, but, but you see, you watch games like that, and you go, "Oh crap!" Like if you start thinking about the Knicks, you just realize, like, wow, they are really far behind. Like the Knicks need a player in the draft because they're not getting a free agent that can hopefully one day play on this level. This is what nope. elite talent looks like. The NBA you know I think is, has great players, and the Knicks do not. Plain and simple. What I think is the best example of what the Knicks can hope for, and it pains me to say this, I think the best model that they can look at is Miami. Because sure. yeah. for years, even after LeBron left and Wade left, they managed to stay competitive and just building these young guys. Like, they probably have the best player development in the league because everyone's like, oh, what are they going to do after the Broncos? They're still hovering around, yeah. you know, good teams. Like, they're fighting for playoff spots and position. And then you do that, and you bring in a Jimmy Butler. Right, and, you actually attract free agents to come. And that's not that wasn't, like, the sexy place to go to, but Jimmy's the type of guy that he's like, I think I see what they've been doing, and, you know, Let's go do this. Like they, they have the type of young guys. If you can handle Pat Riley, yeah. you can handle Jimmy Butler yelling at you at three in the morning. Well, so they also have a great scouting process where they're they're drafting guys that they actually invest in and build up. And it seems I like saw, the Knicks are drafting guys mine. and don't they don't have a plan. Oh, we're unsure about Frank. Oh, we're bringing in. I mean, they made this trade like Dennis Smith Jr. Oh yeah, we we love it like you would think that they really love this kid and want to like invest in him and make him succeed. And, and then realize and, and just, that he stinks. <laughs> and, and then, Oh, we give up this guy. I mean, watch that kid go somewhere else and be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't doing well in Dallas either. No, so he wasn't. Um, and, and, and it's funny, like a friend of mine posted, he tweeted yesterday. Shout out Chris Burton, big fan. Uh, <laughs> Says every time I see Pat Riley, I think about how different my life would be if the Knicks just gave the man what he wanted. Yeah, and you see what he did, yeah. and the this is the culture he has in Miami. It's like those guys got to get their their uh, weight and muscle mass tested like every week, every two weeks, and if you're slipping, you're not playing. And wow. it's like they just run a tight ship, and that's how you develop these young guys some some core values. That's what I want. That's uh. what I wanted these young guys. That's what they need, and. Good old yeah. Pat Riley, man. We had. Oh, I'm getting hot right now. I know, I gotta, and, and I you gotta, know what? It, it sucks because I don't know how we get there, uh, but you know, one. Let, let's see how this goes. Let's see if the Knicks start making moves. We've kind of. You know who probably would be the guy to do it is Tibbs. No, and dude. See, that, the, you and, just went against everything we just said before. That, no, that's, but I'm saying he comes from, you, and you I know, know that's, I know that's bringing chasing, in the name, and it's chasing all stuff. But that type, not maybe not him, but that type of guy. Sure, he but, comes from, but that Pat Riley, right? The regime, Knicks, we all so that's want how know, he does want, it. The Knicks, all Knicks fans, you want the old '90s Knicks, the tough, 
No, yeah, don't pick up the guy when he falls over. Riley Tibbs, I get it. Knicks, we've gotten guys like that in the organization. And then they get fired, and then the Knicks suck, and then it always happens. It's funny, because it always comes. Yeah, but they haven't had guys like that, because they won't hire them. So, that's why I'm like... Coaches, some coaches I would say we have, for sure. Who? Hornacek? Derek Fisher? Sure. Larry Brown? I mean, Larry... uh, I don't know. Larry Brown's probably the Fizz, one. Yeah, Larry, Fizz was supposed to be a tough guy. I don't know. They're yeah, but he's not. Tough guys. Perry, oh, Fizz, Perry. Isaiah, Fizz is champion. not a tough guy. Isaiah, the bad, the bad boy Pistons. Isaiah coming in. Isaiah Thomas coming in. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, uh, all right, all right. You got me. You got me. All right. We got to right, stop right. chasing Nick fans. It's not Tibbs coming in and then he's going to get fired, get pissed off at Dolan, and then they can't get. But the, the thing is, Tibbs can't come to the Knicks because – he can't get the players to come here that he wants. Nobody wants to come play here. Well, he's got to develop those guys. That's the, okay. If not him, somebody who has his type of work ethic. You got to find those guys that have that and can help gotta, develop these young guys because that's every. I mean, the league itself is soft, so you kind of can't do it that way. But you got a guy like Pat Riley who does it, and Spolstra came up from under him, and I don't know what. It is like playing for Spolstra because, I don't know, nobody gave him a shot yeah. when he came out. But, like, look, at like there's your example of Mike Miller seeing what he can do. Spolstra came out of nowhere. Yeah. He was a video guy that just said, all right, let's give him a shot. Yeah. And he's got a Coleman and Coach LeBron, love- Wade, and Bosh. And you never know. So that's... I'm curious to I, see... I, I'd like to see maybe some of his press conferences too, and start hearing like the players talking about him, and maybe hear some some insight from some of the the beat guys about what's going on in the locker room and the relationships. Because I think stop chasing the big name. That's the big thing. I, I, I at the end of the day, Dolan, get out of here. Stop chasing the big name. Go Knicks. And I think I got okay. Okay, I may have, I may have I may have overstepped there with with. Uh... I know it's okay. We're Nick. Wait, dude, I, I, was, get I, was, I was getting, I was getting, <laughs> right. I get caught up in it, you know. But let's. I like that. Let's. We'll, we'll end the Knicks talk today on, on a positive note. Uh, I'll say, just, please don't bring in, yeah, don't don't hey. bring in Becky Hammond and ruin her yeah, career. Actually, because... I I do kind. Of, I like you said that. I like that you said that. I kind of love that. I I would be I'd I'd be okay with that. Um, because. I, but you don't want to see them do to her what they've done to every other coach yeah. and just ruin her. But career. she comes but from a great organization. Honestly, if she, if I'm her, I am not taking that job. She was. They said she said she's interested. Yeah. Well. But Becky, uh, you Becky, you hang in there. You're either gonna get the Spurs job, or you can go get another job for a different franchise. If you're listening, Becky, don't do it. <laughs> We want you to do well. We want you to do well. <laughs> um, so before we go, I wanted to give a shout out. Oh yeah, what do you got? I want to give a shout out to Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Jets fan, but I will tell you, I love Eli Manning. I have always <laughs> been a huge fan since his old Miss days. Got to see him play. Uh, Again, South Carolina back when I was a a young buck over at uh, USC. And I saw him destroy the South Carolina Gamecocks at William Bryce Stadium. And I've just, I've always been a big fan. I always thought Peyton, I mean, Peyton has had such a great career. But Eli just never getting enough credit. And there's been up and down years. I know you're the Giant fan, so tell me if I'm overstepping here. But... (laughs) I love to hear you give Eli. Eli, I just—he's had good years and bad years, and you look at the numbers. He's almost got like Vinny Testaverde type number. I mean, he's thrown a lot of picks. Uh, the numbers aren't the best. There's a big Hall of Fame debate, but at the end of the day, Eli Manning is a great quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls. He's got MVPs. He's made big plays on the big stage with those playoff runs, and. As a Giant fan, I think you can agree, when Eli Manning has time to throw the ball, he is a great quarterback. When he's under pressure, he's not very good. He can't move around a lot. He needs a good offensive line. And it was just so nice to see him play. I know that on Thursday, it was on Thursday night? Yeah. Thursday night, yeah. You know, the... No, Monday night. Monday night. Uh, Monday night. The, the Giants lost 
that game, as every Giant fan knew, even going into halftime with a lead, that they would somehow find a way to lose that game. The Philadelphia Eagles secondary is is garbage, but <laughs> it was just so nice to see Eli dropping back, throwing some passes, and just to get to see him play. And I think he's playing today as well. And it's just really, it gave me some goosebumps, and I was very happy to see him play with <laughs> with everything going on in New York sports and with the Jets. And just, uh, it was really nice. I really. I really liked it, and I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he got to get back, got to go back out there and play. I don't know if he's going to retire this year. I think maybe he just should, um, and let you know Danny Dimes kind of take over and just say farewell. Maybe get in the broadcast booth, work on his stand up comedy. <laughs> I don't know what you want to do, Eli, but I, I I love you, man. I'm I'm a big fan. You're my favorite Manning. You always have been, and I don't know. I, I would consider naming my first child Eli, to be honest. <laughs> I Love mean, uh, we could go out on that positive note. Those those were some glowing kudos for, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, for Eli. I love it. Uh, I mean, even his performance on SNL, I think he's the funnier man. He's funnier <laughs> than Pete. <laughs> you up? <laughs> you up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, that's... That's all I gotta say. Just I lo- love I you, love man. it, yeah. <laughs> Is that you got anything? Nothing? Uh, that was said beautifully. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I was happy to see him out there. It gave me gave me a, a nice jolt of energy when I saw him coming out Monday night throwing touchdowns. Yeah. And, of course, against the Eagles. I always say Eli goes brain dead against the Eagles for whatever reason. But he came out ready to go. Made the Eagles nervous, which I love to see. And, you know, it's he, he got us a lead. And they didn't let him play the second half. They they were trying to kill the clock, run the ball with Saquon. I don't know what's going on with Saquon. A little worried about that. I think he's got. He's already admitted to you know not being fully healthy, so that's taking a toll. But you know, we'll we'll see how they do today. Uh, Yeah, we got uh, Knicks Nuggets tonight. We sure do. I won't see the game live. I will be attending a a, a holiday show. (laughs) Okay. And I will. I'll give my thoughts next time. I'll, I'll give you a debrief on the show, how it goes, if I'm in the holiday spirit. All right. I love it. Uh, all right. Let's hope. Hey, a win streak. It feels good. Um, go Knicks, right? That's why we're here. Uh, this is this has been episode 27 of Let's Talk Knicks. We'll talk to you next time.